Hunter Mahan is a professional golfer, and a pretty good one at that. I'm sure most of the golf fans here have heard of him. He's won several events on the PGA Tour over the years. He joined the tour back in 2004 when he was in his early 20s. Well, on Saturday, July the 27th, 2013, Hunter Mahan was in excellent position to win yet another golf tournament, this one the 2013 Canadian Open in Oakville, Ontario, which is just outside of Toronto. And the prize money he was competing for that weekend was over $1 million. Not bad for four rounds of golf, eh? As the Canadians would say. And he was ahead by two shots going into Saturday's third round, which is definitely not a bad position to be in, in a golf tournament. His tee time that day was 2.50, which was a little later than it should have been, but there was a rain delay, unfortunately. So he went out to the practice tee to warm up a little bit. But his practice round, practice session was cut short by his agent, Chris Armstrong, who rushed up to him suddenly with a cell phone in his hand. Hunter Mahan took the cell phone. He spoke to the person on the other end for a few moments. Then he handed the phone back to Armstrong, and without any hesitation whatsoever, he took his equipment, packed up his bags, dropped out of the tournament, and got in the first car he could find going to the airport to catch the next flight out to Dallas, his hometown. Which, of course, leads to the obvious question, why? Why would a PGA professional who was leading a golf tournament, which had a huge, huge monetary prize, just pack up and leave? was because the person who was calling Hunter Mahan that afternoon was his wife, Candy, his pregnant wife, Candy, who had gone into labor with their first child three weeks early. This was July the 27th. Her due date was August the 16th. She actually called her husband from a car while en route to the hospital. Now, I'm happy to say that Hunter Mahan made it there on time. He made it back to Dallas in plenty of time to see his daughter, Zoe Olivia, born at 326 the following morning. But his decision to leave the Canadian Open when he was in the lead by two shots caused quite a bit of conversation in the sports world for a number of weeks afterward. It was hard for some people in our extremely materialistic society to understand why Hunter Mahan made the decision he made. Maybe some people here might find it hard to understand. He, incidentally, has never regretted the decision to leave the tournament, not for one single second. For him, my brothers and sisters, it was all about priorities. As much as he wanted to win that 2013 Canadian Open and win a million plus dollars, his wife and his child meant much more to him. Being there for them was a much higher priority than a worldly title and a big fat paycheck. As he said in an interview a few weeks later, he said, 
When I am done playing golf, I'd rather be noted for being a good husband and a good father than anything else. I tell you this story on Christmas Eve for a reason, very important reason. It's because this beautiful feast of Christmas that we're celebrating also happens to be about priorities. Perhaps we've never thought about it in that way before, but it's true nonetheless. And first and foremost, it's about God's priority. It's about God's priority of us. The fact of the matter is, for the creator of the entire cosmos, of everything that exists, for the all-knowing, the all-powerful Lord of the universe, we, us, little old you and me, are a priority. And we're not just any old priority, we are a top priority. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. You know, you could modify that text to say, for God considered each and every one of us to be such a priority, such an important and precious priority to him, that he sent his own son into this world to die for our sins, so that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. You could say the verse in that way, and it would mean the exact same thing. All of us need to hear that, and especially those in this church right now who are close to despair, and I'm sure there are a number of them. You need to hear that. You are a priority to God. See, nothing's more precious to a good father than his child. Just ask any of the good fathers here in church this evening. And yet, the best father of all, the Heavenly Father, sacrificed his only begotten Son for us, for our eternal salvation. And he would have done that. He would have done that if we individually had been the only person on planet Earth who ever needed redemption. For God, each of us, is and always will be a precious priority. Of course, the real question tonight is, is the Lord a priority for us? He should be. He deserves to be. He should be our most important priority in this life. But honestly, is he? Is the Lord enough of a priority for me to take time for him every Sunday? And every holy day, by attending Mass, or are other things, like sports and who knows what else, more important? Is the Lord enough of a priority for me to make the effort to talk to Him and to listen to Him every single day in prayer? Is the Lord enough of a priority for me to examine my life every day in light of His Gospel, and to seek his forgiveness regularly in the sacrament of confession? Is the Lord enough of a priority for me to make the daily effort to help my brothers and sisters in need, as Pope Francis has been telling us over and over again that we should do? 
Is the Lord enough of a priority for me to change my life where it needs to be changed so that I can be a better disciple, a more faithful disciple of Jesus Christ? Is the Lord enough of a priority for me? See, those are the questions we need to ponder tonight. And when I say we, I mean yours truly too. I stand under the same mandate. You know, it took me a while to figure out how to end my homily this evening. I got to this point in my preparation and I drew a blank. And I went to the Lord and I said, Lord, you've got to help me to see how to end this. I'm not, I don't want them in church all night. <laughs> got to end it somehow. I prayed about it for several days. Thankfully, I was on retreat last week at Enders Island. And during that retreat time, it came to me. And I trust this was an inspiration of the Holy Spirit. All of a sudden, my brothers and sisters, I realized it's there. It's there in the name. The thought I should end my homily with on this Christmas is in the name. Her name. I told you a few moments ago that Hunter and Candy Mahan named their beautiful new daughter Zoe Olivia. You remember that? Well, the name Zoe comes from a Greek word. A Greek word that means life. And not just ordinary, natural life. The word for Greek for that kind of life is bios. Now, this is Zoe. It means supernatural life. In fact, it's the word that's used in the New Testament to signify eternal life. The life of Jesus Christ. The life of heaven. The life Jesus died on that cross and rose from the dead to give us. A form of that word is found in the verse I read to you a few minutes ago. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. See, it's there in the name. Bottom line is this, my brothers and sisters. Hunter Mahan had the right priority. He had the right priority when he left that golf tournament last year, and he was rewarded. He was rewarded with a beautiful little girl whose name points us to the life of heaven. He was rewarded with Zoe, which is exactly what happens to those who make God and their relationship with God their very first priority here on this earth. When all is said and done and they leave this mortal existence behind, they, too, end up being rewarded with Zoe. And that reward, that Zoe, will go on forever. Amen.